Hey, BSN listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check these guys out. This CBD-infused coffee, it's actually taken away long-term migraines along with back pain, arthritis, IBS. Also, it's helped to decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural. It's not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and personally, I cannot recommend it any more to you guys Check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What's up? Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast, new presenting sponsor. Now that we're in the offseason, we're presented by LiveWell. LiveWell Enlightened Health is your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products. Members of LiveWell's free rewards program have access to $30 pre-weigh half ounces, $60 pre-weigh ounces every day. LiveWell has 16 locations across Colorado, from the Four Corners all the way up to Fort Collins, with six locations in the Denver area. Visit livewell.com slash BSN for all of the most up-to-date sales and promotions. That's LiveWell, spelled L-I-V-W-E-L-L dot com slash BSN. BSN. Harrison Wind here on a Thursday. We're well into the offseason. It's finally here. Game seven, well in the rearview mirror. I think we've all decompressed, gotten all our bad feelings out from that one, aired all our grievances from that game seven against Portland in that series. Conference finals well underway. Seems like we'll have at least one competitive conference finals in the Eastern Conference. Don't know about the Western Conference between Golden State and Portland. I still think Portland might be able to get one game, maybe game three at home before Kevin Durant gets back. I don't even know if the Warriors will need Kevin Durant this series. Probably not, but I think Portland gets one game. I don't know about any more than that. I think Damian Lode can probably will his team to one win. He's going to have one of those games in these conference finals, right? He's going to have one of those game sixes against Denver, against the Warriors here over the next week or so. I think. We'll see. But like I said, we're well into the offseason. Got a lot of fun stuff planned for this summer. Took a couple days off of the podcast, but the podcast isn't going anywhere. What we'll do on today's show, we'll get to it in a little bit. Want to hit on some more prevalent topics up front, but I'll list off three storylines that will define the Nuggets offseason. Three very interesting storylines that will kind of shape and determine if this Nuggets offseason is a success, if it's a failure. If all three hit, I think it sets Denver up for a really great season next year, but I'll get to that shortly. Here's what we got planned for the summer. A lot of off-season content for sure, both on the written side, both on the podcast side. I'll be bringing on a lot of guests to the podcast this summer. Have a lot of content on bsndenver.com, and if you aren't subscribed, we're not slowing down during the offseason. bsndenver.com backslash subscribe, $4.99 for a subscription. Got a lot of cool merch on the BSN Denver locker as well. We'll have a lot more of that throughout the summer too. The first, I guess, event of the offseason, NBA Draft Lottery came and went. Lottery is the best and the worst thing of the NBA. I think it's so NBA how just some ping pong balls determine where Zion Williamson goes and kind of shape the rest of the league for maybe the next 10 years or so with you know what the Lakers are doing and what the Knicks are doing and yada, yada, yada. It's so NBA hell. They let ping pong balls determine that. I'm here for it. I love the lottery. I love the draft, but part of it's kind of ridiculous. Anyways, lottery happened 
And now we shift our focus to the draft. Nuggets will have a pretty quiet draft. I think they don't have a pick in the first round. Don't have a pick in the second round either. Don't anticipate Denver really buying into the second round. Seems like those second round picks become more and more valuable every year. And the price for buying into the second round gets higher and higher every year. And for a team like the Nuggets, who I'll get to this in a few minutes, but could be a little cash strapped here over the next couple of years. I don't know if buying into the second round is a likely scenario, but we'll see. You never know what could happen. Maybe they acquire a pick and a trade or whatnot. But as it is right now, it's shaping up to be a pretty quiet draft, which is a bit of a change here because we know this front office, as it's currently assembled, has really loved to really get into the draft and find some gems in the second round. So we'll see what happens in the draft. Not expecting too much action from Denver there. More of their activity will be centered around free agency, some guys up for rookie extensions, which I'll get to in a few minutes. And if Denver can add to their team internally or externally in any other way. A quick note before we get into anything further. I'm sure you guys saw on Twitter, Christian Clark, who's been on this podcast with me for the last couple of years, is not with us at BSN Denver anymore. And, you know, this media industry is crazy. There's a lot of turnover everywhere you look. And... That just is what happens to us at BSN Denver with him this summer. But no, Christian and I still remain great friends. He's a great writer, as you guys know, who have been reading his content over at BSN Denver over the last two seasons. And so I'm sure he won't be a free agent for long, but we'll definitely miss him on this podcast. It was fun going back and forth with him for the last couple of years. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And, and based on the support that he's received Over the last two days or so, I think you guys did. But we will surely miss him and his terrible predictions going forward. Not going to get any Summer League predictions from him on this podcast, which those of you who listened to this podcast last year before Summer League know how those predictions went. But again, I really want to sincerely thank Christian for the hard work he put in. It was a joy working with him. It was a joy having him on this podcast, and he will be sorely missed as we head into this summer and next season. Like I said, on today's show, really want to focus on three storylines that will shape the Nuggets offseason, will kind of determine if this thing goes smoothly or not, and I'll get into that in a second. Some news came down early Thursday morning, though, the Nuggets announcing that Wancho, Aaron Gomez, underwent successful surgery to repair a core muscle injury. Nothing new for Denver on this front. Mason Plumlee had this surgery pretty much at the same time after last season. Well, I think a little earlier because Denver obviously wasn't in the playoffs last year. So Mason Plumlee had this at the beginning of last offseason. Jamal Murray had it at the beginning of the offseason following his rookie year. And Wancho's the guy who gets it at the beginning of this summer surgery in Philadelphia. The same place where these other guys have been operated on. And this is something that's hampered Wancho really since the winter, since the first couple months of the season. And if you remember, he got off to a great start this year. His shot kind of left him. And as Denver got healthier and healthier, his playing time decreased and decreased. But this injury definitely affected him over the last couple months of the season. And so I would expect him to bounce back. And based on this surgery, I asked Mason Plumlee about this surgery and having it at media day last year. And he responded like he forgot he even had it when I was talking with him about it. 
at the beginning of last season. So this will be quickly in the rearview mirror for Wancho. I don't think this particular surgery takes much time to recover from. He should be able to have a productive summer to, still. This will set him back a little bit, but he should still be able to have a good summer and really get right for next year. And I'm not cashing in my Wancho stock quite yet. I've been quietly buying it up and buying it up all summer. And I think Wancho could come back and have a rotation spot for Denver next year. That might seem crazy based on how ineffective he looked at points this season and how really out of the rotation and how much of an afterthought he was for most of this year. But his shooting, Denver could really use that on its bench unit as we saw this year when Denver went cold from three-point range. They struggled to win playoff games. And he's the type of quick-release shooter that Denver doesn't really have. And I'm telling you guys, I'm not dismissing the notion entirely that Wancho can come back next year and have a 10 to 15 minute roll off Denver's bench on a consistent basis. I still think he can be a great floor spacer for this team. I still think he's an NBA quality rotation player. I still think he's got a ways to go defensively, obviously, but he's shown flashes. He's got length. He's got athleticism. He had that block shot at the rim at the beginning of the season against the Warriors. That seems three years ago at this point, but that did happen last season. So in my opinion, there's still a positive road ahead for Wancho and the Nuggets. He's extension eligible this summer, and maybe Denver could get a deal done with him. I think he's somebody Denver should keep around. I think he's obviously a great teammate. I've written about that a couple times this year. Most notably, I guess, when he hit that three in the playoffs in garbage time, turned to the bench, and he went to that dance move, that shimmy, I'll call it, with Nicole Jokic, and just kind of wrote about after that game how Wancho is just the best teammate I've ever covered, best teammate I've ever been around in the NBA for sure. And he's been cheering on his teammates from that bench all season long. In that game seven, he didn't sit down the entire game. I was tweeting that out throughout the game. And his teammates were more than happy to cheer him on from that same spot after he hit that three in garbage time. So that was a cool moment. And like I said, I think there's a very easy to see scenario out there where Wancho's playing meaningful minutes for this team next season. There could be some roster shakeup on the bench, maybe. Although I do expect Denver to bring the majority of this current group back next year. But they need somebody like Wancho. They need another shooter. They need another knockdown guy. And Wancho has shown when healthy, when in rhythm, when he's playing consistently, that he can be that knockdown guy. They need that guy who can just, you know, catch and release real quick on the perimeter without really thinking about it. They've got a couple of those guys here and there. Malik Beasley was that guy at times this year, but Wancho's been that guy before. So I think he can be an instant offense guy for Denver and just be a contributor to this thing next season. We've spoken a lot about this with Wancho, but he's such a quick decision maker. And this is obviously you got to strain your brain a bit to think back to when he was this, because this was at the beginning of the season when we really saw it. But if you think back to the beginning of the season, when he gets the ball, he's got a really quick body clock in his head and to where he either shoots it or passes it or attacks or gets rid of it really quickly. He's a really quick decision maker. And uh, his touch time is always super low compared to Denver's other wings. And I think that is because he just has a relatively good feel for the game, can make decisions quickly. And if he's got faith in that jumper... He can be a great floor spacer for this group. So 
if he is around next season, and I think he should, I think Denver should try to re-sign him. He's under contract for next year, but he's extension eligible. I would want to keep Wancho around long-term. He's Nicole Jokic's best friend on the team. I think that's a reason why you want him back. But he's just such a great teammate. He lifts the spirit of a locker room, and you need that guy. You need that guy who can just come into the locker room and crack a joke. And he's respected in Denver's locker room because he's been here from the beginning. You know, if another guy who wasn't playing was to come in here and uh, kind of rip on somebody or try to lighten the mood, he might get a couple side eyes from a few of the veterans. But Wancho's been here from the beginning, so he's got that kind of clout. And he also said he wants to play for the Spanish national team this summer with his brother, with some of his quote-unquote idols, as he put it earlier this week at his exit interview. And that world championship, that it's right up against training camp. I believe it's the end of August, so not all that time there for guys to play in that with their countries and then get rested for training camp. I think Wancho kind of felt that at the beginning of this season, playing with his national team last summer, and there's kind of talk that not as many NBA guys will play with their countries this summer, so we'll see what happens there, but I would not totally dismiss the notion that Wancho can be a contributor next season off of Denver's bench, so I swear I'll get to it eventually. The three storylines that I feel are really going to shape this Nuggets offseason. I will get to those in a few moments. Also get to a call from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline that came in after Game 7. we got to take a quick break, though. Got to pay some bills here on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. We'll be right back. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing, and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Live Well. If you guys got questions for the show, keep them coming all summer. I want to hear from you guys during the offseason as well. What do you think about the draft? Like I said earlier, I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds on the draft not going to be breaking down tape of Darius Garland by any means, but I'll be into it. I'll be watching. I'll be giving my takes every now and then on Twitter. But if you got questions for the show about the draft, about Nuggets offseason, 1-800-BSNE-394. 1-800-BSNE-394. If you've never called before, and I know we have a lot of new listeners to the show every day, and our listenership has grown so much from this point last year to this year, I really want to thank you guys for tuning in. 1-800-BSN-8394, just an answering machine, so leave your name, leave where it's calling from, leave a question for the show. What's like questions about anything this summer? Questions about the draft, free agency, what the hell the Knicks are doing, what are the Lakers going to do, how our summer league team is doing, 
Yes, you heard that right. We do have a summer league basketball team with a few respected members of the Nuggets media contingent on it. I don't know if I want to reveal specifically who's on it. I'll let you guys guess for now. Maybe I will at some point, but we're 1-0. Earned a hard-fought victory in overtime this week, so keep you guys updated on that as the summer progresses. We won the championship last year. See if we can defend that title this year. Without further ado, the first storyline I think will really shape this Nuggets offseason. It's Paul Millsap and what the Nuggets do with that contract. Here are just kind of the basics on that situation. Paul Millsap has a $30 million team option for next season. That was cemented into his contract when Denver signed him as a free agent more than two years ago now. And Denver has until June 29th to decide on that team option. They can either turn it down and Paul Millsap will be an unrestricted free agent, or they can pick it up and Paul Millsap will get paid $30 million to play on the Nuggets next season or another team. Denver could obviously deal him. But here's my thinking on it. And I think Denver has probably already made up their minds on what they're going to do. And if they haven't, they will make up their minds long before June 29th. My take on it is... The Nuggets absolutely need to bring Paul Millsap back next season. It's really the first major decision they'll have to make, I think, before you have to really think about those rookie extensions too hard, before you've really got to fill out your roster, maybe the end of your bench with a couple bargain bin free agents in the late moments of July and early August. You're going to really have to decide what you want to pay Paul Millsap next season and how badly you want him back on this roster for next year. I think it's a no-brainer. You've got to bring him back. He has meant so much to this team on the court and off the court. And we've mentioned this on this podcast before, but a couple of the seminal moments in the Nuggets trajectory have involved Paul Millsap over the last two seasons. I think one of them, and maybe the most important moment or one of the top couple important moments in Nicole Jokic's career when Paul Millsap took him aside late last season when he came back from that wrist injury and pretty much said, hey, don't worry about me. This is your team. I've sat on the bench for these last 44 games and watched you look like one of the top offensive forces in the league. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about integrating me. Don't worry about getting me touches. Just do your thing, big man. And Nicole Jokic responded with, a close to the season over those last 12, 13 games where he was playing his best basketball of the year. Obviously, until this season when he really upped his level of play. But that conversation, I think, paved the way and began to really open Nikola Jokic's eyes to the fact that, okay, I am the face of this team. I am the face of this franchise. This team will really go how I go over the rest of the season and probably over the next couple of years. I think that conversation was the start of it. And he's had moments like that with other guys over the last couple of years. He addressed the team before the playoffs and kind of got everybody together after a shoot-around, the Nuggets' final shoot-around before their first-round series against San Antonio and pretty much delivered a message of, hey, we didn't get here by accident. We didn't get to the number two seed in the West by accident. We're a really good team. We're a really good basketball team. We've just got to play like it in the playoffs. And Of course, Denver struggled a bit in that first-round series, but I do think that helped. I do think that conversation helped a group who didn't have really many guys with a ton of playoff reps under their belt at least win a first-round series and almost win 
two series and almost make it to the Western Conference Finals. So he's been incredibly valuable off the court as a leader. He's a lead-by-example type guy, but when he speaks, guys, listen. Because he's not a guy who's going to be super raw, raw 24-7. He picks and chooses his moments there, and it's been a huge part of Denver's success. Now, when it comes to the money, that's a different story, right? Like, I think it's a necessity to bring Paul Millsap back because, A, all the stuff I just mentioned, his locker room contributions, his off-the-court contributions, his leadership, but B, because there's nobody on this roster that can take his roughly 28 to 30 minutes a game right now and keep Denver where it was at. Denver doesn't have anybody to play the four right now who can take his minutes fully. And C, I don't think outside of the top-tier free agents, which... And that's a, a topic for another discussion. I think Denver will dabble in those guys. I think they'll try to get meetings with the Kawhi Leonard's, with the Kevin Durant's, with the Chris Middleton's of the world. If I had to wager, I don't think they're able to get any of those guys. And just scanning the free agent pool, I'm not sure there's a ton of guys out there that you can sign that are going to give you the production and the value on the offensive end of the floor and the defensive end of the floor that Paul Millsap gave you this year. When it comes to the money, $30 million is too much for Paul Millsap. It just is. And he was probably worth $30 million to Denver over the first two years of his contract. You can even say Denver had to overpay to get him, which I think there's some truth to that. And maybe he was worth slightly less than $30 million. But I think you can make an argument that he was worth $30 million over his first two years with the team to Denver with the situation they were in and just what they needed from a guy like Paul Millsap at the time and what they ended up getting. Next year's a different story, though. He's clearly on the decline, and he's going to be in his age 35 season next year. His best basketball clearly is not ahead of him, but he was great in the playoffs, except for game six and seven of the Portland series where he shot a combined seven of 28. He really struggled there, but other than that, he was having one of his better playoff runs of his career, and this is a guy who's been in the playoffs a lot. But I just think $30 million is going to be too much for him next season. So if I'm Denver, and this is actually what I expect the Nuggets to do, you decline that team option, and you bring him back on a lower figure next year. And just from gauging the temperature of the room, I think that's what Denver does. I think... Paul Millsap probably knows in the back of his mind that's what he'll do. And I think he wants to be here. And I think he would be willing to take slightly less money per year, but you know, also take a two- or three-year deal that gives him some security to stay in Denver. That's where he wants to be. He's got two young kids who I think he wants to see grow up here in Denver. I think a big reason why he signed here two years ago was because he envisioned potentially him retiring in Denver. He's got a history here. He lived here in an early part of his life. He's got connections here. He likes it here. That was a big reason why he wanted to sign here in the first place. So I think there's some mutual understanding there. And I think he would be open to that. So the Nuggets absolutely need to bring Paul Millsap back. They don't need to bring him back on a $30 million contract next season, though. They could use the wiggle room financially with them potentially looking to add a little bench piece next season and that $30 million figure that could push them very close to luxury tax, which I don't think Denver would want to pay ideally, but he does need to be back. And I think both sides would be able to come to an agreement of maybe two years for 30 mil. 
or three years for 30 mil where he's getting paid 10 mil a year. So he's getting paid the 30 million eventually. It's just being stretched out over a couple more years. I don't know. I'm just throwing some figures out there. Maybe it's two years, 40 mil. Maybe they re-up into something like that. But they've got to bring Paul Millsap back next season. They can't replace him with somebody on their roster right now. And it's difficult seeing Denver finding that same value in free agency without really overpaying a guy that's not one of those top-tier guys over three to four years. So I think Denver brings him back. I think Paul Millsap wants to be back, but that's probably the first thing the Nuggets are going to have to address this summer. Do we decline the option, which I think Denver does? I think that's a fairly easy decision. And what do we pay him over the next couple of seasons? Because I think both sides want to be back, and I would expect them to get a deal done of that sort. The second storyline that is really going to shape this Nuggets offseason is what do they do with the extension-eligible candidates on this roster right now and the three guys of the class of 2016? Jamal Murray, who was the seventh overall pick that season. Juancho Hernan Gomez, who I already touched on a little bit earlier, who was the number 16 pick that season. And Malik Beasley, who Denver drafted 19th overall this season. All those guys are up for extensions this summer. Denver can pretty much agree to rookie extensions with all those guys before the first day of the 2019-2020 regular season. That's the deadline to get those done. All those guys are still under contract for next season, but like they did with Gary Harris, you get that extension out of the way so they don't hit restricted free agency after next season, which is what would happen if those guys did not get signed to those rookie extensions and have to deal with team signing those guys to offer sheets, and then you've got a match, and yada, yada, yada. Just a lot of unnecessary stuff that you don't want to deal with unless you have to. And Denver's got three guys that can agree to those extensions this summer, slash fall, slash into training camp, into the preseason, uh, right up until the last day before next regular season starts, Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, and Wancho. Long-term, I think it's going to be tough to keep all those guys. It's going to be tough to make that money work when you're already paying Nicole Jokic, when you're already paying Gary Harris. But I think Denver would want to keep all those guys, right? Like all three of those guys you can envision being in the Nuggets rotation next season being in their rotation the season after that, the season after that, all those guys are getting better. seems like Denver hit on all three of those draft picks. If you're placing a priority on those three guys, it probably goes how you think it would go. One, Jamal Murray. Two, Malik Beasley. Three, Wancho. Just in terms of how much value they're going to give you over the next three, four years, that's how they'd rank. Jamal Murray, obviously the guy you think could be your franchise point guard. Malik Beasley, who can be your sixth man for a long time, who maybe could be your starting small forward in a year, maybe next year. I don't think that's out of the equation entirely. And then Wancho, a guy who you could envision coming off your bench maybe as a starting power forward in a pinch. I don't think that'd be ideal, though. That's how I'd rank those guys based on who Denver would view as a priority to get done. When it comes to Murray, that's a guy who you would love to hammer out an extension with now because you can just envision him really taking that leap next year. I think that a lot of people envisioned him taking this year, which he might have ultimately taken in the playoffs, but maybe he 
has that leap over an entire 82 game regular season next season. And then you're looking at him next summer come July 1st with teams just throwing massive, massive offer sheets his way. I mean, his extension might approach 100 million bucks, but if you let him get to restricted free agency, it could be even more. So I think Denver would really want to get that deal done with him. And I think Murray would definitely want to get something done too. Obviously, he's the starting point guard here. Feels like this is a team where he would want to be long-term. When it comes to Malik Beasley, a guy who doesn't have a starting spot locked down, who's just as young as Jamal Murray at 22, maybe that's a bit tougher because I could see Beasley looking at this thing as, hey, you know, if I sign elsewhere, I could be a starter. I could be a 30-minute-per-game guy. I'm probably not going to be that guy in Denver next season. Probably not going to be that guy in Denver going forward at the two-guard spot if Gary Harris is here. So I'm curious how they approach that with Beasley and what Beasley's frame of mind is there. He could be looking at this thing and saying, hey, if I go somewhere else, I have a much easier path to a starting spot. Maybe that doesn't make him want to get that extension done as quickly as, say, a guy like Murray might. And when it comes to Wancho, Denver's actually got a nice little opportunity here to lock him in for pretty cheap, I would think. Sign him to a nice three, four-year extension, not really have to commit a lot of money to him. He's coming off kind of a lost season, has been up and down. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if opinions around the league still are pretty high of Wancho. But I think Denver might have a little opportunity here to lock him down for cheap. And of course, it's always better to hold on to that asset then just relinquish it for nothing. So I would expect Denver to try to get something done there too, and maybe for relatively cheap if both sides were open to it. So those are really the first two storylines that I think will shape the Nuggets offseason. What they do with Paul Millsap, who I think will be back next season. I don't know if he'll be back on the $30 million figure, but I think he will be back next season one way or another. He needs to be back. Denver needs him. The Nuggets need him for his defense. If you're looking at one guy to really give a lot of the credit to for... Denver climbing from one of the worst defenses in the league over the last few years to a top 10 defense this season. It's Paul Millsap. You can't give credit to one guy. It's a team effort. Coaching staff deserves a lot of credit as well, but I don't think they get here if it's not for Millsap. Like if Millsap isn't in Denver, I don't think this is a top 10 defense this season. No way. And he's been valuable on offense at times. He's been a valuable fourth quarter scorer. He was a great scorer against bench units in the playoffs. We saw Denver just kind of go through him possession after possession against those second units in the postseason. A lot of times they got good offense from that. So they need him for his play on both ends of the court. They need him for his locker room leadership, and this will still be a very young team next season. But he's obviously on the decline, and I don't know if he's worth $30 million next season. In fact, I don't think he is worth $30 million next season for Denver, even with all those intangibles he does provide. So... I would expect him to be back, but on a longer-term deal that has an average annual value of less than $30 million bucks a year. That AAV. I think that's a football term or something. But those are the first two storylines that, that I think will define Denver's offseason, what they do with Millsap, and then those three guys who are eligible for rookie extensions, the class of 2016 guys, Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, Wancho, Aaron Gomez. One more storyline I think will play a large part in Denver's summer. And that will be highly talked about. But before we get to that, a quick word from Stravacraft Coffee. As always, 
Excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that's really changed lives. Their reviews, they're incredible. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's also helped to decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee itself is rich and tasty and personally cannot recommend it anymore to you guys. Check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. My third and final storyline that I'm going to hit on on this edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Again, if you guys aren't subscribed to the show, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Also, if you got a second, would love for you to leave this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Helps us grow the podcast, helps us get more credibility out there, and helps us keep pumping this podcast out throughout the offseason as we plan to do. Two names make up this third and final storyline of the Nuggets 2019 offseason. Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt. Two rookies that Denver got in the last draft. They also picked Thomas Welsh as well, who I'll just say this. This wasn't part of this segment or, or this show, but... I wouldn't be surprised if Thomas Welsh develops into an NBA rotation player in a few years. And he's looked pretty good in workouts from what I've seen. Seems like he's already gotten a lot better from where he was at this point last year when never drafted him. He'll be in the G League again next year for the most part. But don't totally dismiss the notion that Thomas Welsh could play rotation minutes for this team or a team in the NBA one day. Anyways, though, Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt, the first two guys Denver selected in the draft last year, they'll both be playing at Summer League for the Nuggets. And that's really going to be the first time we'll see these guys in high usage roles in a Nuggets uniform. Vanderbilt had some really nice moments in the G League last year, but obviously that wasn't the Nuggets system. That wasn't with their coaches. So this will be really be the first opportunity we get to see both those guys under the guidance of Denver's coaching staff, who will be coaching the team at Summer League. And in Nuggets uniforms, running something kind of similar to the system Denver runs here. Obviously, it's summer league, so just pick up basketball, really, with one week-long training camp ahead of time. But still, it's going to be closer to a Nugget system than we saw Vanderbilt play in in the G League. And man, I'm excited to watch these two guys play. Just two really watchable players. Two really unique guys. They're both super tall. Vanderbilt's around 6'9", Porter's around 6'10". 6'11". I think Porter's the second tallest guy on this team next to Mason Plumley. He's taller than Nicole Jokic, I believe. I think Jokic is more like 6'10". Porter's 6'10 and a half, 6'11". But these guys will be fun to watch for sure. And will they play big roles for Denver next season? I think that's to be determined. I think one of them could carve out maybe a 10-minute per game spot off the Nuggets bench. I don't think the Nuggets will want too much from those guys too quickly. And coming into a team who just got to the second round of the playoffs, who's probably going to win 50-plus games again next season. It's not totally natural for two pretty much rookies to come into this thing next year and have significant roles. So I don't envision that happening, but there's definitely a scenario out there where one of those guys, I think, could play rotation minutes next year. If I had to wager, I'd say it's Porter, but I could see a scenario where it's either one of those guys Porter's obviously going to be the one who gets the most notoriety, the most headlines. He's going to be a main attraction at Summer League. If Zion Williamson is the top attraction at Summer League, which I think he will be, 
Michael Porter Jr. will be next in line. I've heard rumblings that the first summer league matchup for Denver and Porter will likely be against the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson at Thomas and Mack Center in that second-to-last time slot, I think 6.30 or 7 p.m. Friday night in Las Vegas. Stadium will be packed for that game. And I just want to caution Nuggets fans not to have your expectations too out of whack for Porter. He's coming off two back surgeries, and yes, he said at his exit interview that he's obviously pain-free. He said that he feels healthier right now than he expected to feel. So he's in a good place, but being away from basketball for pretty much two years, being away from live, five-on-five Basketball for five years, that's tough to get back from. Played three games at Missouri. Sat on the sidelines for the rest of them. Obviously played zero games with Denver this year, zero G League games. So he just hasn't really played in more than three competitive games in the last two years. And finding that rhythm, finding that cadence takes a lot of time. He's played a little five-on-five here from what he said and what I've heard, but mostly it's been three-on-three against the other end of bench guys for Denver, like a Wancho, like a Tyler Lydon, like a Vanderbilt, like a Thomas Welsh, and some of Denver's player development guys. So it will take him time. But, I mean, his skill set, we all know it by now. Sky seems to be the limit for him if he can stay healthy. So how he looks at Summer League, how Vanderbilt looks at Summer League, it's going to be something to watch. And if those guys can contribute next year, it's going to be something I'm following throughout the summer and Certainly talking about a lot because those guys definitely have very unique skill sets. Vanderbilt, too. I mean, a 6'9 guy who came into the draft as one of the best rebounders the Nuggets have ever seen just blew every rebounding metric off the chart in his one year at Kentucky. Should have been a much higher pick. Denver was very happy to get him in the 40s where they did. So it'll be interesting to see what those two guys can bring to the table next year. And I am fascinated. I'm excited to watch those guys play this summer and develop into next season. So those three storylines, I think those will shape the Nuggets offseason, what they do with Millsap, those rookie extensions, and how Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt look at Summer League and how they progress and how big of factors they can be next season. Should be a fascinating summer. I want to hit on one question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline before we get out of here. It comes from our guy Chris, who called him after Game 7. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hey, it's Chris in Denver. Man, that was a tough one. I don't uh, don't know what you could say about that game that hasn't been said about having diarrhea and hemorrhoids at the same time. Um, but uh, as disheartening as that was, it was a pretty encouraging season, I thought. Um, uh, for a young team in the playoffs, I think they acquitted themselves well. Um you know, I, I think Jokic was the superstar they needed him to be, the superstar that we thought he was in the postseason. Uh, Millsap had some big games where he carried the team, where he provided that steady veteran presence. Uh, Barton started showing signs of life. So did Gary Harris. Um, Jamal Murray, you know, for a point guard in this 21-year-old season, he was inconsistent. But outside of that, Game 3 against San Antonio, I don't think there were very many where he was just terrible. 
Uh, he wasn't good game one. He wasn't good today. But, um, you know, that'll happen. Uh, I, I thought the bench needed to give him a lot more. And, uh, yeah, 11 missed three throws and two of 19 on three was kind of the story of the night. So, wow, where do you go from here? Um, personally, I think they need a little bit better of a backup center. Uh, the the only downside to having Jokic as your best player is when he's off the court, the team just ceases to function because running running your offense through a, set, a center is so unusual, and I think that was exposed in the playoffs. Um, I want Paul Millsap back. They need to get him back on a lower cap number, but he needs to come back. And uh, I think uh, Mane Morris and Malik Beasley were gassed after playing about 100 games this year, and they didn't have anything left for the postseason. Gary Harris just needs to get healthy. Jamal Murray needs to work on his dribble penetration. Uh, his entry passes into the paint and his defense, and he's a star. And then you got Vanderbilt and uh, Porter coming back. So, uh, you know, after we get done crying in our beer over this game, where do you think the team goes? What do you think they need to do, and what do you think they will do? Uh, as always, keep the great work. Uh, love the show, and go Nuggets. They'll be back. Thanks for the call. As always, Chris, thanks for calling in so often this year. Appreciate your questions. Appreciate your feedback, as always, and Good getting to know you this year. If you guys do have questions for the show, again, 1-800-BSNA-394. 1-800-BSNA-394. Call in throughout the summer. Let me know what you think about anything that's going on with the NBA. I agree with most of the things you said there, Chris. Other than the fact that I don't think there's really an option out there for Denver to upgrade at backup center. I think throughout the regular season, Mason Plumlee played like one of the best, if not the best, backup centers in the league, if you're talking about just true five men. And he fell off during the playoffs. But I don't think there is a really likely scenario to improve that position. I mean, there's a couple guys I would love to see in Denver at backup center, like a Kavon Looney, for example, who's a free agent that I think the Warriors would definitely want to bring back, but they'll be cash-strapped for sure, so I don't know if they'll be able to. He's a guy who I think would be awesome in Denver. I'm a big fan of Kavon Looney. Just watch him if you're watching this Warriors and Blazers series. Yeah, I think he'd be great as a backup center, but I just don't think there are many options out there, so I think Denver rolls it back with Mason Plumlee, and maybe they can figure out how to make him a bit of a bigger factor in the playoffs, but it's easy to forget that he was amazing during the regular season, he was great. Next to Jokic, behind Jokic, starting a couple games here and there. So he was great. I think Denver is fine with him as their backup five here going forward. Your points about Murray I thought were good. Those are all things he needs to work on. He's just got to work on defense, man. He's got to be a better defender next season. He's got to get in the film room, recognize his deficiencies, recognize where he fell short on the defensive end of the floor, and just work to get better there. I feel like he made so many big strides this season as a playmaker, as a point guard in the pick and roll in the two-man game with him and Jokic. But as a defender, he's still got a long ways to go. But he can get there. He's smart enough. He's athletic enough. He's long enough. He's got the desire, I think. I hope. He's got to get better on the defensive end of the floor. I think that could start this summer. 
Thanks for the question, Chris. Hope to keep hearing from you throughout the offseason. That's really all I got for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Fun show today. Took it a little easy this week, but I'll still be planning on having the show every day, Monday through Friday, throughout the offseason. Might miss a couple here and there, but there's still a lot of content to get to. So stay tuned. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Rate and review us. Drop us a quick five-star review if you have a second. I'll be back with another episode soon. Talk to you then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.